0: Welcome into to This is Baseball, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, stories, and games of the Major League Baseball season. The regular season has finally come to an end. We are in the last week of the season, and feels like just yesterday that we were recording for opening day and giving a a preview of the season and we've kind of made it through the grind had a lot of fun along the way a lot of unpredictability a lot of surprises both positively and negatively some teams that rose to the top that we weren't expecting and some teams that we had high expectations for that led to disappointment we had a season that had some new rules set into place. Some that were going to be kind of a non-factor and some that were uh, controversial. And I want to take a look back at some of those rules and talk about the impact that it had on the season. And I want to start with the bigger bases, Major League Baseball announced that the bases were going to be larger, and this was due to help create a safer atmosphere for the players, to eliminate collisions on the base paths, just to eliminate injuries as a whole, or decrease injuries altogether, and... It was also an opportunity to create more action on the base paths, more stolen bases. And that is exactly what happened. So mission accomplished for major league baseball and trying to create more action on the base paths. And, you know, here's some numbers for the season of stolen bases from last year versus this year. So in 2022, There were 2,486 stolen bases across Major League Baseball. And we are projected to have 3,457 stolen bases total for Major League Baseball. So we're talking 1,000 more and second most steals in the live ball era. Obviously, you have Ronald Acuna Jr., who is two steals away from 70 steals since 2000 there have only been three players that have stolen 70 or more bases and that's jose reyes who stole 78 one year jacoby ellsbury who stole 70 and scott pesetnik who has stolen 70 in a single season so ronald acuna jr is going to be in rare company if, if he makes that happen over the next couple games let's talk about the defensive shift so Going into this season, Major League Baseball has banned the defensive shift, which has been for a long time, the shift has been something that has divided fans because while it is an incredibly effective strategy to shift your players for certain batters, it Made for a lot of boring games. It killed offense. It was, you know, something that, in my opinion, got out of hand. And Major League Baseball obviously felt the same and decided that they needed to take action. So going into this season, they banned the shift. And, you know, players are playing where they're supposed to be, not on the opposite side of the bag good change for the game something that honestly you probably really didn't even notice uh, you you noticed more when players went into the shift because you always saw it happen in action with it being banned you didn't think about it because there wasn't a big commotion on the field to get ready for the next batter now this is this is made Certain players have better seasons offensively and has made offense improve as a whole across the league. It's something that, you know, now that it's gone, it's, we're not even going to really think about it anymore because, you know, players are just going to play their positions now. And I think that that is a good thing for the sport. And... That leads me into the most controversial rule change of 2023, which was the addition of the pitch clock. This was one that, along with all the other rules, they had tested in the minor leagues and saw overwhelmingly positive results. Major League Baseball, for a long time, has had an issue with pace of play. They have had You know, there's a lot of nothing that happens during baseball games. And between pitches, you have players that step out of the box and adjust their gloves. You have pitchers that step off the rubber, get some rosin, rub their hand in dirt, do all, you know, walk around the mound, do all these little routines. And Major League Baseball was trying to eliminate Some of the things that didn't need to happen. And this is something that Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has been working on for a while. Uh, About a decade ago, they made a rule that required the batters to keep one foot in the box at all times. If you remember that being a big deal because David Ortiz straight up said that he's not going to follow that rule. And, you know, it ended up being a non-story. Uh, one of the other big things that Manfred did that maybe shaved 90 seconds off of a game was he eliminated the action of throwing four pitches when you wanted to intentionally walk a player. Now manager just throws up a four player just gets awarded first base. I know that, you know, you don't get the the chance of a wild pitch or something crazy happening when you eliminate the action of the intentional walk, but it was one of those things that wasn't common enough for that to be taken into account. But MLB, Rob Manfred, the rules committee did something drastic and they added a clock to major league baseball, a game that, For its entire existence has been, there's been no clock. You just play nine innings and it could be two hours. It could be five hours. And Major League Baseball's games were averaging over three hours and people weren't watching. People were losing interest. And the goal was, let's get these games under three hours. And, you know, we have a lot of just time that is being wasted And we need to figure out a way to eliminate the waste. Okay, let's add a pitch clock. And it has been overwhelmingly positive from a player standpoint to a viewership standpoint. You have games that are averaging just over two and a half hours, whether that's at the actual stadium or on TV. It makes it a much better experience for everybody involved because you can go into a game knowing about how long you should expect to be there. So obviously, if you go to the ballpark, you probably don't care how long the game is going to be. But if you're at home, you know, you start to get into that sixth inning and you see that, you know, man, this game's already been two hours and 15 minutes and still has a long way to go. So now you, you now you know, like these games are moving quick and it keeps it exciting. It keeps you kind of into it because it's just, you know, constant action where again, there was just so much nothing happening in between pitches. This forced everybody to stay engaged in the game. And I don't think that's too much to ask. When you're pitching, you should be ready to go all the time. When you're hitting, listen, you have four or five plate appearances a game. If you can't go and just be ready and focused for your five plate appearances, that's a you problem. You don't need to have you know all these routines. I know baseball players are big on routine and superstition, but we're trying to play a game here. We got to keep it moving and we don't need you to step out and spit and adjust your gloves, adjust your elbow strap and same with the pitcher. We don't need a bunch of wasted time. So this is a, a rule that I was excited for. I thought it was a welcome change. And I think after, you know, the first month of the season kind of getting used to it, I think everybody, you know, the majority agrees that, that was, that was a good change, and we're excited for it to continue to be part of Major League Baseball. Now, with all these rule changes, you have people a little bit more interested and engaged in the sport, and I thought it would be interesting to look at how the pace of play rules specifically have impacted this season's attendance across the league. So, so far attendance in 2023 is up 9% compared to 2022. So that's a total of 4 million fans and about 2,500 per game. So games are faster, quicker. There's more action. There's not necessarily more action, but there's less idle time. Uh, So you have people more willing to be part of something that they know isn't going to be boring, to be just, I guess, straightforward about that. So for anybody that likes to say that Major League Baseball is a dying sport, you are absolutely incorrect. In fact, it is heading in the right direction, and a lot of these changes can attribute to why it is trending up. With all that being said, I will be curious to see what the postseason, and specifically the World Series ratings, will be in comparison to 2022, because these rules that have been implemented in the regular season are also going to carry over to the postseason, so... We're not going to just all of a sudden revert back to three and a half hour postseason games. We're going to try to keep the same pace of play and keep everything moving, which is just, again, hopefully going to keep eyes on the sport. In my opinion, the best playoff format in sports is the Major League Baseball postseason. So, again, interested and excited to see what happens with the postseason with these rules. Alright, let's get into some, some teams and some some playoff scenarios and division and wild card races. Again, we've got less than a week to go, and there's still a lot of teams that want a piece of the the postseason. So let's kind of take a look at who still has a chance? Who's already punched their ticket to the playoffs? I think it's appropriate to start with the American League West. That's a division that has been incredibly interesting throughout the, the entire season, but especially the month of September. These you know three teams, the Houston Astros, Texas Rangers, and Seattle Manors, have all been separated by... You know, less than three games coming down the stretch, and it's a division that again, has been very fun to to follow. So as it stands right now, Texas has a two and a half game lead over Houston and Seattle. Houston, excuse me, Texas, over the weekend, swept Seattle in a very important game or series. And at the same time, the Houston Astros got swept by the Kansas City Royals. So Texas took care of business against a division foe. While Houston has unfortunately, over the last 15 games, played very poor baseball. I said it a couple weeks ago that Houston had really a gift of a schedule in They had 18 games at one point, and nine of them were against Oakland and Kansas City. And I said, surely you can win seven of those nine. Well, unfortunately, they lost seven of those nine. They were only able to win win two games against the two worst teams in all of baseball. And I just showed you the division. Now, Houston and Seattle are going head-to-head as we speak. Houston has already taken one game over Seattle. So it's starting to look like, you know, I thought that all three of these teams were going to have a shot at being in the postseason. It's starting to look like Seattle, uh, unless they start taking care of business, Seattle might be a team that's on the outside looking in. You have Tampa, who has that number one wildcard spot. They're not giving that up. Toronto playing really good baseball. They got a game and a half up on Houston. And then obviously Houston and Seattle are playing head to head right now. So it's going to be, it's, it's looking like it's going to be Houston because momentum is going backwards for Seattle. They're playing a Houston team that needs to get back on track. And then, Again, have to go play four against Texas to end the season. And at this point, I don't see Texas giving up the AL West. So, again, tough for Seattle. A team that didn't really get it going until after the the All-Star break and have kind of fallen off lately. Over the weekend, the Minnesota Twins clinched the american league central which is not surprising in a division that has been completely underwhelming they're 83 and 73 right now with a nine and a half game lead and again they clinched the division so that doesn't matter but that just shows you it was a weak division now over in the american league east baltimore still holding on to that division they have two and a half games up on Tampa Bay. I remember Tampa was a team that at the beginning of the season started out 13 and zero, and it looked like they were going to win 120 games and have Baltimore out of nowhere said, no, we'll take it from here at Baltimore surprise. Great team that hopefully holds on and, you know, is going to be, if they do the one seed in the American league and a team that got eliminated over the weekend, the New York Yankees, the New York Yankees had the second highest payroll in all of baseball. And they just had pretty much, you know, nothing but problems all year long. It was a team that ran through Aaron judge, Aaron judge needed to be productive in order for them to do anything. And Aaron judge was hurt for portions of the season. And, It reminds me of the Angels. You have a generational talent in Mike Trout who, you know, one guy can't carry an entire roster to the postseason. It takes takes more than one guy. And it's kind of what you're seeing with Aaron Judge. I expect to see changes in coaching for the New York Yankees. Let's move on to... The National League, so National League, Atlanta, in the East, they have won 100 games, obviously clinched that, and are just counting down the days to host an ALDS. Milwaukee is up six games on Chicago. And Chicago's magic number is one. So this could happen tonight or tomorrow. Milwaukee clinches the NL Central. Staying in the NL Central. Chicago and Cincinnati are two teams that are still hoping to be part of the playoffs. Now, Chicago, again, if the season ends today, Chicago's in. They are they would be the third wildcard team, but they have Miami and Cincinnati breathing down their neck. So Chicago is going to have to play really good baseball and they're not going to have it easy of the Cubs, Marlins and Reds. They have the toughest schedule remaining. They are playing Atlanta and Milwaukee where the Marlins are playing the Mets and the Pirates two teams that are Nowhere close to where they want to be. And then Cincinnati again, playing Cleveland, who's okay. And St. Louis, who had a season that they would like to forget ever happened. So Chicago's got to step up if they want to stay. And not to mention the Arizona Cardinals, or the, excuse me, The Arizona Diamondbacks are tied with Chicago for their wildcard spot. They play Chicago White Sox and Houston. So we could see some flip-flops of some NL wildcard teams here in the next few days. So that'll be one to watch as the season winds down. And over in the NL West, I obviously mentioned Arizona being in the wildcard hunt uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are leading the west they have clinched the west they have 96 wins and again they're they're in the same story as Atlanta they're just going to hang out and await the winner of the wild card series oh again an incredibly fun season you know if uh if you had told me that Baltimore was on the cusp would be on the cusp of winning 100 games this season. I would have called you crazy. If you would have told me that. Texas. Would be. The winner. In the American League West. I wouldn't have believed you. If you told me that St. Louis. The St. Louis Cardinals. Were going to. Take last place in the NL Central. Again. Wouldn't have bought it. But. But that is major league baseball and you know the unpredictability of the season makes it all the more fun to to watch now with the season winding down i want to i want to highlight a couple of great players hall of famers possible hall of famers that are calling it a career Once the season comes to an end and I want to start with St. Louis Cardinals pitcher, Adam Wainwright, Adam Wainwright has been in the league for forever. And, you know, he just came back for 2023 because he wanted to get that 200th win. It took him the entire season, but he got it. So 200 career wins, 353 ERA world series champion, two-time Gold Glover, three-time All-Star, and Adam Wainwright. He's done a lot of great things in his career, but I always go back to when he was a closer for the St. Louis Cardinals very early in his career, his rookie year, I believe. And 2006, they're playing the the juggernaut New York Mets in the NLCS. And Adam Wainwright is the closer. Jason Isringhausen is hurt. And Carlos Beltran, the great Carlos Beltran, is up to bat. And Adam Wainwright strikes out Carlos Beltran looking to get the St. Louis Cardinals into the World Series, who eventually won that World Series over the Detroit Tigers. So, yeah, Adam Wainwright, incredible career. And, you know, it stinks to see great players hang it up but you know he felt like it was time let's move on to another player one of the greatest hitters of his generation Detroit Tigers Miguel Cabrera Miguel Cabrera again retiring this season he was always known as the best hitter in the league for a very long time he he has a career batting average of 306. He has 510 home runs. He has more than 3,000 hits. And he's a two-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, and a Triple Crown winner. A Winner, uh, you know, who had the most, who had the highest batting average, most home runs and most hits in a single season. I remember being at the game, it happened in Kansas City, where He officially won the Triple Crown. So that is a memory that I was, you know, happy to be a part of. And again, another just phenomenal hitter, phenomenal player, first ballot Hall of Famer, calling it a day. And I want to end on... A player that hasn't said that they are retiring, but it would make sense if he did, and that is Kansas City Royals starting pitcher, Zach Grinky. So Zach Grinky played for the Royals, the Brewers, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Astros. It's been around the league. He, has, he was the 2009... Cy Young Award winner, six time All Star, six time Gold Glover, 224 wins, and a 350 career ERA. Again, he hasn't said he's retiring, but it would make sense if he did. He will go down as one of the most interesting players in Major League Baseball. And as a Royals fan, uh, he was responsible for kind of getting the Royals championship run started. He won it out of Kansas City. Was traded to Milwaukee. That brought over Lorenzo Cain and Alcides Escobar. And you all know that those two players were pivotal parts of the Kansas City Royals' success in 2014 and 2015. And Zach Grinke, you know, he... Played in multiple playoff runs, deep playoff runs, multiple World Series appearances. Never won it, but then he decided he wanted to come back to Kansas City and kind of just go into the twilight there. And again, if he does decide to call it a day, uh, he will obviously be missed. And again, another... Another Hall of Famer. So, again, those are some players that I wanted to just highlight uh, for their greatness and impact on Major League Baseball throughout their career. And some scheduling coming up. Obviously, the playoffs are around the corner. And I am going to be doing a little bit more. Episodes than I typically do. Obviously, episodes come out on Wednesdays. I am planning on having episodes before and after every postseason series. So I will have an episode on Monday before the Wild Card series. I'll have an episode ready for the Division series, or an episode for the AL or for the Championship series, and then obviously for the World Series, and then after the World Series. So going to have a lot of this is baseball coming your way over the next month of October and then we have plenty of ideas and content that are ready to go for the off season. Thank you for hanging with me all season long. I'm Brandon. This is baseball.